This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. What's up? Welcome into episode 25 of Small Talk. I'm your host as always, Michelle Smallman. We're going to get into three random things here in a second, and we're going to run through it kind of quickly, as quickly as we can, because I can't wait for you guys to hear the conversation with our guests this week. We're going to catch up with Diana Rossini. She is ESPN's NFL reporter, NFL studio host. She's all over the place, but she is so fun and engaging. We kind of go all over the map with her, and she tells us an unbelievable story that she's never revealed before in the public about how she got a big scoop in her career, and she's going to reveal it here on Small Talk. I can't wait for you to hear it, but... As we always do it, let's do three of random things. We have Tommy Freeze Pops here in the studio. Freeze Pops, what's up? Hello. Let's just get rolling with three random let's things. Let's do it. Roll. Let's do it. Three random things. Random thing number one. So last week was Thanksgiving, and it feels like it was a million years ago. I don't know about you, but it just Thanksgiving seems so long ago to me. Yeah, it does feel like a long time ago. And I think it's just the nature of our job, you know, three-hour radio show every day. You're just in the grind. So, like, weeks feel like years, kind of. Definitely. You know? Absolutely. So that's why it feels like a long time ago. It wasn't, though. Well, Thanksgiving was last Thursday. It was a week ago. And for the first time ever, I did a turkey trot. And a lot of people are very pro-turkey trots. You know, they say, you wake up in the morning, you're going to run a casual 5K, and then you don't feel as guilty for shoving your face with a bunch of food later in the day. You won't feel as uncomfortable because your metabolism's going. Whatever excuse they want to give you in the book for as to why to do a turkey trot. Um, so my mom had a fitness goal for this year. She wanted to run a 5K because she had never done one in her entire life. And as we all know, the days in the calendar are turning quickly, and so she was running out of time. So my cousin and I offered to do a turkey trot with her to help her get through that race and get to her goal. And let me tell you, it's the first and last turkey trot I'm ever going to do. Hmm. I was I was not super pro turkey trot. Now, why is that? Because you run half marathons, so this shouldn't really be an issue. Correct. Um, as many people who listen to this podcast know, I'm a huge weather wuss. I hate being outside in the cold. Fact. Fact. So to get up early on a vacation day, especially a vacation day during the week where you can sleep in and really just stretch and have coffee and watch the parade and do what you want to do to get up before the parade even starts put on a bunch of layers go stand in the cold and then have to run around it wasn't ideal for me i completely get it i would never do any sort of exercise on a holiday if i don't have to or unless i really really want to like i'll play two-hand touch football on thanksgiving i'm not gonna go run ever ever really no just ever i'm not gonna run but i, I want you you mentioned the parade you watch the parade so I'm. What are you, 65 years old? I'm one of those people where my, my dad will be like, oh, let's throw on the parade. And we're like, yeah. And then we throw it on and we none of us watch it. Okay. I was going to say, it's it's like routinely background music at my house for Thanksgiving. But it's on. It's on. I, I, I thought you were like sitting there watching it, you know? Oh, I'm certainly sitting there watching it, but I'm also actively texting and scrolling on my phone. Okay. I'm fair. not super locked into the parade. <laughs> Good to know. Because I was judging you for a second there. <laughs> Is anyone super locked in on the parade? That's that's an interesting point because I don't know anyone that's like, man, did you see that Elmo float this year? That was lit. I'm like, no. Or how about I didn't. how about Megan Trainer's performance? <laughs> yeah. Killed how, it. How about that, by the way? Oh yeah. Thanksgiving <laughs> halftime show, Megan Trainer. The whole thing just seemed really forced. The jumpsuit was really weird. I just, I know it's a holiday, and I know that because it's a big holiday and a big football day, you want to make it bigger than normal, but just, it didn't seem <laughs> to fit. It wasn't very, um, mm. it wasn't a needed thing, no. you know, the Megan Trainer halftime performance. And you know, and I don't want to rip her too bad. Go ahead. Uh, terrible dancer. 
Oh my god, Megan! It was so know bad. Your strengths, girl. Right? Like she had all the background dancers doing it, and then there'd be like the part in the song where she's like, "Okay, da da da," and she gets in the middle and tries to do her thing, and it like it kind of looked like Will Kane on the dance floor at Sir Rudy's wedding. It was bad. No, well, we can cut it up. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was Thanksgiving level halftime show. Great. And no, it was bad. Really bad. Yeah. So to wrap that up, I won't be turkey trotting again. There you go. Fair. I, I support that decision because I'm not into it. But you know, honestly, shout out to all the turkey trotters. If you have done more than one, I really tip my cap to you because I am just too lazy to continue to waste a, a weekday vacation day and stand in the cold and be active. And I also think when people say, oh, do the turkey trot because then you won't eat as much because you realize you worked out that day or whatever, I still ate just as much. I, I for sure loaded up the plate. So it doesn't really work, at yeah. least for me personally. And shout out to your mom for completing her goal. Shout out my mom. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Shout out to my mom. Way to go. You've done your first 5K. And if she wants to do one next year and she's like, that's my goal again next year, I'm sure you'll be right there with her because that's just the type of gal you are, Michelle. You know what? You're right, I will. But I'll say we're doing it in May. Aha! It'll be a uh, May trot. I couldn't think of anything. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> an what, egg bird, race? What? An egg race? An Easter race? Oh, that's in April, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or sometimes March. Oh, yeah. There's no bird synonymous with May uh, that's at least popping into my head. So, you know what? We'll just move on. Let's go to random thing number two, Michelle. Okay, random thing number two. As I just revealed, I am a huge winter wuss, and this is becoming a problem. I don't know what happened to me. It's not like I lived in a tropical climate for some time. I was up in Connecticut, where it's much colder than it is in, mm. here in St. Louis. That's an Arctic climate. Yeah, so you think that I would be more conditioned to the cold, but mm-hmm. I'm not. It's as, as the years pass, I just really want to be a snowbird. I want to cruise to Florida as soon as the first snow falls. So despite that, despite my real aversion to cold weather. My friends and I who went to Italy were having a conversation right now about another trip to plan because the hardest part about getting a group together to go on a trip is just picking the date. It's saying, hey, we're going to do it. Let's just book it. Everything else falls into place. Million, after that. bajillion percent agree. Yeah. You just have to commit and then, it, and then it's done. Everyone will spring into action. So... One of the places that we're kicking around going to in the winter is Iceland. And a lot of people have done this. You know, they've been having these unbelievable tourism packages. The flights are so cheap. You know, you see it on Instagram all the time. I feel like everyone has gone to Iceland. So that's something that we've kind of zeroed in on. But then I thought to myself, and I posed this question to the group yesterday, is Iceland played out? At this stage going in 2019, I'm, you know, the 10 millionth person to have posted from the Blue Lagoon. You know, is that one of those things where it's like a scroll through, oh, okay, someone else is in Iceland? Great. Listen, that's a good point, but you should go on the trip to enjoy the trip, right? I mean, who cares what everyone else thinks? Who cares about the Instagram? Just go there and have fun. I heard Iceland's sick. Yeah, I heard it's sick too, but those hot springs look awesome. They look great. Um, You know, snowmobiling looks great. That sounds fun. Hiking a glacier looks great, but. To be transparent, part of the reason that I was floating that is so that maybe someone would say, yeah, this is kind of played out. We should maybe consider a warmer. Because you don't want to be in the winter. But what's more played out than going somewhere warm in the winter? I (laughs) mean, it's a great point. You you just need to be up front and say, look, I don't want to go to Iceland because it's cold. Just put it out there. No, but I I think you kind of are doing that right now. Yeah, all my friends listen to this podcast. (laughs) Michelle doesn't want to go to Iceland, guys. No, I really do. Everyone posts about it on Instagram and it's too cold. She wants to go to Hawaii. Ooh, I would love to go to Hawaii, but I have to save that trip for a race. Um, Fair. 
But here's the thing. I really do want to go. I want to go. I I would feel so fortunate to be able to go on that trip, especially with my friends. But I just know myself. And I know once I get there and I feel those temps, I'm going to be Ms. Rubble. Mm. <laughs> I was just going to say Ms. there, but then I thought I should I, really. I'm happy that you finished the word. word. I wasn't going to judge you out loud, but in my head I was going to be like, wow, Michelle's there today. She's a, shortening the word miserable. Is abbreviating played out? Oh, for sure. You think so? A thousand percent. I mean, it depends on the word, I guess. But abbreviating miserable, I don't even know if it's played out. Just never do that. Miz. <laughs> I'm so Miz. Go to Iceland in July during like the all-star break for baseball, no, right? That's no, a no, slow no. time for us. No, you want to go at this time for one main reason, and that's to see the Northern Lights. It's part oh, of the best okay. reasons to go is okay. to see the beautiful night skies. There you go. Way I to get know. sappy at the end there. I'm just saying. I know. Did I just talk myself into this? Probably. <laughs> I'm going to spend all of this money. This has been a roller coaster of a random thing. Yeah, it really has. <laughs> it's been a glass case of emotion, and I'll probably put myself into death to like freeze to death in Iceland. There you go. But... Just make a pros and cons list and figure it out. All right. Random thing number three. We haven't done this in a while, so let's do a little trending up, trending down, shall we, Tom? Love it. I'll go first. Okay, so, go ahead. Uh, it's something you and I were talking about a few nights ago, uh, and it, it just came up. You know, Jack in the Box, the restaurant, was near one of the bars we were at. Hold on. And uh, just the fact that you called it a restaurant is amazing <laughs> because it's for sure a fast food okay, joint. Okay, it's a good point. I should have just said fast food restaurant, fast food joint, uh, an establishment where you get food late at night <laughs> for cheap amounts of money. It's a fourth and meal spot for sure. For sure, fourth meal adjacent. So, uh <laughs> Jack in the Box had never had it before. The group we're with is really hyping it up. I say, yeah, it, it, kind of crappy commercials. I don't know. I'm not really into it. I go. It hit all the right beats. I got these tacos, the the nacho tacos with the jalapenos and the beef, and then I dipped it in a little ranch sauce. Oh my god, incredible! Great food. Exactly what I needed. I'd had a few beers. It was just it just hit the right tone for me. So much so that four days later, yesterday, I went again and I got the tacos again. And I got this burger that has like the jalapeno poppers on it. And it has this like special bread and it's from the munchie menu, but I got it in a non munchie menu time, so I had to pay a little extra for it, but it was worth it. So Jack in the Box trending way up for me. It might be in my, I don't know, top three, four fast food places just from those two trips. And I don't know if that's overreacting or recency bias, but I'm into it. The Jack in the Box tacos with a side of ranch is, if you have been a little overserved, is unmatched. It was so good. And I, I had it sober yesterday. for when Our show ends at 10 a.m. Central, and I got out of here around 1130. So I had an early lunch. So good. I'm not gonna lie, I'm judging you a little. I don't for, care for eating Jack in the Box sober. I, I was I was driving on the highway and I was like, you know what? I I this is off this exit, isn't it? I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm an adult. I can make this decision. I'm going to Jack in Box for lunch. I, I don't have my mom to tell me it's a bad choice. I'm going to do it. I live by myself. You will not be shamed into <laughs> not eating Jack in the Box during the day. <laughs> Jack in the Box. It, it, is worth it. It is worth the judgment. It is worth the shame I may feel privately. Jack in the Box is a winner. So good call by you and your friends. Yeah. I, I appreciate the wreck. Do you have Jack in the Box on the East Coast? 
see, that's why I had never had it before, because it, it, if it is in the Northeast, it is not prevalent in the greater Boston, greater Providence region. Like within that, uh, let's call it southern New England area, not not a big thing. So Jack in the Box, Midwest, we're going to become friends. Oh, yeah. Jack in the Box was such a staple with my high school crew. It was one of those late night things where, you know, you first get your license, you're listening to mm. little big timers and the radio. It's like almost curfew and you're, you think, <laughs> can we sneak through Jack in the Box before we get home? And you absolutely make the right call. You cruise through Jack in the Box. We used to get a 99 cent Jack's Western burger with two tacos on the side, extra branch. Hmm. I don't know that what play. that is. What's in the Western burger? Some barbecue sauce, something like that? Yeah. It a little was bacon action? Something like that. Cheddar? It was good. Mm, but I'm that was back it. when my metabolism was through the roof and I was running like seven miles a day. <laughs> so, you know, now we don't Not really. so much anymore. I don't consciously make yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go back to Jack in the Box until maybe the next time I'm drunk. Let's, let's say that. Well, you can convince your Uber driver to take you. That I can. There you go. <laughs> Hopefully that person eats Jack in the Box sober because you can bribe them with some tacos. Exactly. I'll grab them a taco. That's fair trade. I think the last two times I've done this, I've picked something that I thought was trending up. And I've got something that's trending down. I am very okay. down, and this is going to be a controversial statement. I am very down on Netflix. Whoa. It does that happen ever? Do people say negative things about Netflix? Is that allowed? I'm going to tell you two reasons why I am down on Netflix. Okay. One, I feel very overwhelmed anytime I turn on Netflix with all of the content that they're churning out. There's the tab that says you may have missed this. It always has 21 things on there <laughs> that all look great. It all looks like content I want to consume. And then I think, I don't have time for this. You know, in, when I turn on Netflix now, the only time I can do it is when I'm getting ready to go to bed and I need, you know, background noise or something of that nature. I don't really have the time to sit around Netflix and consume all this great content that you're putting out. But then I think about it because everyone's talking about it. Oh, have you seen this show? Did you see this doc on Netflix? Oh, did you see this movie on Netflix? No, I don't have the time. And then Anytime I pull up the app, it's hey, you missed this. Hey, you might watch. You might need to watch this. So you don't like the passive aggressiveness of Netflix. Well, and that leads into my second thing is that when I do have the time to watch it, and you're just really cranking through some episodes, they still throw up the oh, are you still watching? <laughs> so they're oh. judgy and they are passive aggressive. They're judgy and pushy. <laughs> Netflix. They have all these little mini-series that they got working all the time now, in addition to the classic shows like Parks and Rec that I would love to dig into again. I mean, they're just putting out documentaries. They're putting out their own movies now. It's just this never-ending stream that I can never catch up to. So everything you've just said sounds extremely positive and why someone would love a streaming service like this. So Netflix right now, the way I, I hear you talking about it, sounds like the way you would be in a relationship with someone where you're just spending so much time with them that you just hate every single thing about it. Because you literally just listed every single characteristic of what Netflix is. They make all these things and they, they put things in, you know, on my screen and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, that's net that you're just describing what Netflix is. So I just feel like you've been in a relationship with Netflix for too long and maybe you just need a break. Are we on a break, me and Netflix? <laughs> I think you might need a break. <laughs> I know. But you get what I'm saying? Try it's, Hulu for a while. It's one of those things where there's just so much and you want to feel caught up. You want to say, yeah, you know, I've watched that. I've, I've done this. You know, maybe maybe I've worked this in a second time. But that's not the case, Netflix. They just churn through so much content that I can never get caught up. And I'm always left out of something. I don't know what to tell you, Michelle. I think you, I, 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 I think you just need a break. 
you really just need a break from Netflix. Maybe I should just HBO Go it for a while. HBO Go is great. It's a great I know. service. I'm really considering rewatching the entirety of Game of Thrones in Ugh. advance of the last season to just get caught up because every episode has about 22 plot turns. Um, and it's a lot to really think about. But I just, again, if I don't have the time to catch up on Netflix, where am I going to carve out the time to watch game all of the Game of Thrones? Right. Aren't all of those episodes like 90 minutes? They're so long. Yeah. No. I'm not a Game of Thrones guy. We can do that on another day. I'm sure Saruti would have thoughts. He's a big Game of Thrones guy. But yeah, not for me. But hey, do your thing. If it helps you get over Netflix, then you got to do it. But Netflix, though, is the person I'm in the relationship with that I just want to bicker with them for a little bit, but I don't want them to leave me. And HBO Go slash Game of Thrones is the guy that you want to get back to because you you just know that you like having a good time with him and, you know, it's not going to be serious. It's not going to be something you spend the rest of your life with. But it's comfortable. But it's comfortable and it'll get you back in a good mood. So maybe that's what you need to do. It's steady. I know what I'm getting (laughs) out of Game of Thrones. (laughs) Well, thank you, Freeze Pops, for helping me through that emotional technology conundrum. And we'll catch up with you a little bit later. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, coming up next, we're going to chat with ESPN NFL studio host and reporter Diana Rossini. Take 101 ESPN on the go with the all-new 101 Sports app. See the latest videos, listen to podcasts, and join the conversation with the 101 Sports app. You see her all over the TV. She's hosting things in studio. She's on an NFL sideline. She's reporting from here. She's reporting from there. We are talking about ESPN's NFL reporter, studio host. She covers everything NFL. Diana Rossini, who is one of my favorites. Diana, thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. Uh, Of course. It's football season, so it's always fun to talk football and, and hang out, especially this season, considering, I mean, how much better is it this year than it's been the last few seasons? I feel like there's just something... There's some, like, extra magic uh, going on this year in the NFL, which is is so fun to cover. You're absolutely right, Diana. And it feels like years past, not only were the games not that exciting, but all we talked about was off-field drama, which really wears on you if you're a fan or covering the team. So it has to be great for you as someone that's really entrenched in this to be able to actually talk about offenses and players and things like that. Well, not only do we get to just talk more about football, but I feel like players in the league have done a really good job this year on social media. I always compare it to the NBA who, you know, they kind of rule all when it comes to Twitter and Instagram. Uh, They have so much more drama and fun, um, and they don't take themselves too seriously in the NBA. And I feel like the NFL is kind of trying to do it a little bit more this year. Players, obviously, you know, we see Baker Mayfield making comments on pictures and and, and on commentary that, you know, being aired on first take. And then you have guys just making fun of themselves. Tom Brady does a – it's the video every day after, a, or at least after every victory. Um, it's just so cool to to feel like you're getting more access, and I think that's what's making it really fun this year. Is you feel like these players are are loving it just as much as the fans are. If you interview Tom Brady or ask someone within the Patriots, I'm dying to know this. So Brady obviously does the selfie video, the part of that, but then it's a lot of times edited into a little video that he clearly uploads. But we know Brady's not doing that. So I want to know: Does he text someone his selfie video, and then someone edits it and then sends it to him? Does he have a TB12 member upload it? I, I need to know these things he definitely has a guy but one thing um that i think is always surprising to people when i tell them whenever i cover the patriots and i go in the locker room right after the game win or lose tom is immediately on his phone on instagram like really because i've like kind of i've like walked behind him just to see what he's doing just see you know, almost players like text their wives or their family or 
he's always on Instagram. He loves it. Um, and the then, Explore page? You know, yeah, exactly. He's like checking out all like the hot items. He's checking out like IG models and, and new diets and fast things that like I go to, which is so funny. I was just looking at my discovery page today. I'm like, what am I looking at so often that, that every video I have is like a fitness video? I don't even work out. Like, what am I doing wrong? And I think I've just been intrigued. I've been trying to get motivated. So it's probably where it's coming from. But yeah, so Tom Brady loves the Instagram. Uh, and listen, every player does that after the games. Like, everybody runs for their phone. I remember, I think it was Baker Mayfield, like, after their first victory in Cleveland. Uh, it was, like, a Thursday night game. He got a lot of criticism for grabbing his phone right after the game. And I'm like, every player does that. They all do it. We, we all do it, right? It's it's hard. We're all, you know, addicts, and we, we can't get away from it. Okay, so speaking of social media, you've opened the store. I've always wanted to ask you this. You're obviously a beautiful, smart girl who works in sports. You're every guy's dream girl. How many athletes are in your DMs weekly? Zero. Oh, I stop. have never had an athlete slide into my DMs. I've no. had nobody. In fact, sometimes I'm like, man, I need to brush my hair more at these games or something because the fact that no one even wants to try. But no, it's actually like one of my favorite things about covering the NFL is you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, is it hard to be a woman covering a sport? And, and listen, it comes with all of its own challenges, as you know, as you know. But I don't ever feel that the players or coaches are ever sexist towards me, ever. They, they're so respectful. They treat me well. I've never had a situation where a player, you know, wanted to hang out or, you know, ask me if I was married. Like, guys are just really professional and and I appreciate that. I, I do think they also are smart enough to know that, you know, a lot of women will put them on blast. And maybe sure. they think because I'm so loud that I'd probably <laughs> put them on blast. But I wouldn't do that. But, yeah, no, I, I, I'm lucky to say I don't get bothered. I'm surprised. I thought athletes, you know, maybe not NFL guys that you work with on a daily basis, but NBA guys, baseball players, I thought for sure they'd be hitting you up because everybody watches ESPN. They see on their TVs all the time. I will say I've had baseball players hit me up, but it's always about fantasy football. Oh, no. And and the thing is, like, I'll kind of see, like, well, maybe this was their way in. You know, maybe they just want to, like, say that to see if I'll talk. And, like, the ones of the players that are big names that I'm, like, familiar with or at least have covered, I'll write that back. And they're like, all right, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And then they're out. (laughs) So they (laughs) just want the info. They really just wanted the info, so uh, I'm going to just tell myself that uh, they respect my game and they think I'm smart, and uh, I'll leave it at that and not beat myself up that, like, you know, I'm not cute enough. <laughs> oh, not at all. Well, I was just going to say I think that that's such a testament to how you present yourself and how these guys appreciate your hustle and how hard you work. And, you're, I mean, you're breaking stories left and right. You've really just risen to the top as one of the premier NFL insiders in the game. And, you know, I remember I was at Jen Lada's wedding, and I was hanging out with you, and you're, you're texting coaches and players and getting info. I mean, you just never turn it off. Is that hard for you to have to constantly be coaxing these relationships and getting these players and coaches to trust you enough that they're going to give you this info? It is because relationships aren't just about hitting people up for when you need things. Right. You know, any if you reflect on your own relationships, whether they're friendly or professional, the, the strongest ones are the ones that they're in your life. They know a little something about you. You know a little something about them. And then if, if you get the benefit of something out of it, then that's great. But, you know, most of the time I'm spending talking to players and coaches and owners and GMs, it's usually just sort of checking in. They're, hey, how are you? How are your kids? And, you know, like I have a notebook filled with players and their kids' names. Wow. Because 
I want to show that I care. And I do, though. And, and that's like most of, the, most of my contacts at this point I've known for so long that they are in my life. And they, they are part of my world, too. You know, they, they know, I, you know, there's a, a few guys that know I have a niece and nephew. They're like, oh, you know, how, how's life as an auntie these days? You know, and there's kind of a give and take. And, and most people that have given me information know that I'm trying to be something and I'm trying to be a contributor. And they relate to that, especially guys that have been through the league and they've been disappointed and they've been cut or, you know, they weren't drafted, you know, as high as they thought they, they all have chips on their shoulder and they sort of relate to that underdog of someone trying hard, putting an effort in. I remember the first time I ever got a scoop. um, I had a player from the Washington Redskins call me and I didn't have his number. This was like before I even understood how to break news and I was pumping gas and I answered it and he, and, um, actually, I'll tell the story only because he's retired now and he would appreciate it. And it was D'Angelo Hall. Okay. And he said, is this Diana Rossini? You know, this is D'Angelo Hall from the Washington Redskins. And I was like, hello. Like, I didn't know <laughs> what to say to him, you know? And he's like, um, I'm calling to let you know that um, I'm re-signing with Washington for the next four years, you know, for, you know, whatever it was, like, you know, $40 million, let's just say. Um, and I want you to have the story. And I said, okay, well, I don't really know what to do with it. And, you know, I was just about to hang up with him, and I said, can I just ask you something? I don't really know you. Like, I, I interviewed the guy once. I said, why did you give that to me? Like, why are you giving this to me? Um, and he said, you got something about you that I can tell you are trying to be something. And you remind me of me when I first started playing ball. And I figured you probably need a little help, so there's your help. Pay wow. Forward. So I never forgot it. And, and D'Angelo opened up a door for me because then I broke that story. And then the rest of the team started to trust me. So then they started giving me stories. And then, then you know, then went from the Redskins to the Giants, the Giants to the Jets. And, and then before you knew it, I, I grew. And, and all because he wanted to help me. And to this day, I'll see him and he's so professional with me. And he's, you know, he'll laugh. He's like, look at you now. <laughs> you know, I mean, so. that's an amazing story. Were you just dying on the inside when that was happening? Oh my gosh! I, was, I think I like the the gas tank overflow because I wasn't like pumping it right. Uh, also because I'm from New Jersey, and I don't know how to pump gas. Oh, I know. Do it for you, but I was in Virginia at the time, and yeah, no, I was. And and you know the process of news breaking and the adrenaline that comes with it. You know, especially when I was in a local in the local news setting, it's really scary because you know the Adam Schefter's of the world are retweeting you. Um, you know, and then, you know, once I got to ESPN and, and I, you know, you sort of hone your skills and you, you, your contacts grow and, you know, you have someone like Adam Schefter to also assist on some sourcing, you know, it's, it's, it's so fun. It's, it's definitely an addictive part of this, of, of, of my job. So speaking of Schefter, he's very famous for being a two phone guy. You know, you'll see him on set texting on one and then calling on the other. As your Rolodex has grown, are you a two phone girl or do you just keep it condensed to one? He is ridiculous. He has sat next to me and I've looked over. Apparently I'm very nosy. I look at everyone's phone, but <laughs> he's like texting his like family. Like he's not always working. Uh, but yeah, no, he's incredible with his phones. And um, I, I had two phones for years, and I just got rid of it about three months ago because it just it was getting too hard with my family and friends and a phone for just business. It just it drove me crazy, and I would lose it. I lost my I lost my NFL phone once, and that oh, was no. a disaster. Because my it wasn't so much that I couldn't get the contacts back; it was 
if somebody my passcode isn't exactly uh difficult to figure out so i was like if somebody were to get access to all these players and it's not like i put them in my phone as something different it's like you know eli manning new york giants you know it's very obvious um and i by the way i don't have eli manning's phone number for those of you wondering uh he's super private but yeah no so the 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 whole cell phone uh thing for me i most of this process over the last few years for me as an NFL reporter has been trying to figure out what works for me best. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, one phone, I, I'm good with that. So if you have one phone then, is that your I'm going to have one thing taken to the desert island item? Is that your most prized possession and you'd freak out if you lost now that you only have one? I wish I was a better person. I wish that I was I had something more valuable in my life, like maybe a person or, or an, another item or something that represented my family. I have nothing, but if my phone is. And then if you talk to anyone like in my life, they'd say, oh, my God, she's always on her phone. But I've done a really good job over the last six months of being present for people and being in the moment because it is a real thing. And and it's it's hard to sit at dinner with someone you care about or to be at a party with people and you are on your phone or you're at your good friend's wedding and you're texting people, you know. But, you know, Jed got married in September. That's her fault for getting married during football season. I can't help it. I know. Rookie but, rookie play there. Come on, Jen. Total rookie play. I don't even know how I made the wedding. I, I, I know. I look back at pictures. I'm like, I can't believe I was there. Um, but, yeah, I know myself. I mean, everyone's addicted to their phones, though. Like, my mom doesn't even know how to use a phone. And she, like, you know, has figured it out. Granted, she just uses Siri, which is why her texting is ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, no, my most prized possession is, is definitely my phone. Probably also to just look at Instagram and Twitter. With that being said, your phone is your prized possession. If you could entrust it with one NFL player to protect your phone, who would it be? Whether you find Ooh. them the most trustworthy or they're the toughest, who would that player be? Player, uh, I would say Tom Brady because really? he's so good at being private. That I, I, he doesn't feel like somebody that would be just willing to give out all that info. That I look at it as who doesn't allow me in their life, I'd give them my phone because they, they would maybe give me that same protection. Oh, that's, that's how a, I would do it. That's a great answer. Uh, but he may be pulling up your Instagram, though, to see what's on your Discover page. Right? He, again, he's, like, obsessed with it. But they, uh, they all do it. They, I love snooping on their Instagrams. My favorite question to always ask players, like Patrick Mahomes, I remember when he beat the Steelers uh, – in Pittsburgh, first thing I said to him, I wish I could have, you know, highlighted all the, you know, I think he threw for five touchdowns that day. I didn't even highlight that. I was like, okay, take out your phone right now. And I just want to, I don't want to read your text, but can you just show me the alert? And he had like 890 text messages, oh 890. Gosh. I'm like, who are these people? Yeah. You know, you know, I don't even know that many people. And, you know, it is fun to watch them all go through it and, and respond. Okay, so this is random, but do you watch The Real Housewives at all? I do, here and there. The New York one is probably my favorite one. Oh, yeah, the best. Okay, well, there's one in Atlanta. Um, Sheree used to be the woman who I'm speaking about, Sheree Whitfield. And she calls herself the bone collector because she gets all the info and the dirt on all the other girls. And she says she buries the bones in the backyard until she needs to use them. And I kind of look at you as the bone collector. You, you know, you're, you're mining all of this info and you sit on it until you're ready to deploy it. So just tell me, how much hot gossip, NFL gossip, are you sitting on right now that you haven't oh my just pushed out? I'm hitting a... So much. There are so much I want to share, and it's funny when I'm on shows like Get Up or even on Sports Center sometimes or NFL Live, and it can get really personal. I have to think really fast. Of wait, was this on the record or off the record? Oh, no. Or 
Wait, did I just, like, show my hand too much on something? Um, you know, in terms of just, like, stories of just off-the-field things, stuff like that, I mean, I love that gossip. In fact, most of the players and coaches I talk to, I probably talk more about that than actual football just because I love all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, they're, it's an exciting league, and people always have things going on. But in terms of, like, hard-breaking news, I will admit I'm – it is hard for somebody to say to me, okay, I'm going to tell you something and you can't dig on it. I'm going to give it to you, but you can't release it. I'm just letting you know that is, I've had that before. And that is the, it's, I always just say, don't tell me. I just, I'd rather not know. I'd rather not know. Um, because it's just, it's too hard. I'm too nosy and curious and I'll slip, but obviously most people can figure out if you are an insider there has to be a level of trust there, and they test you. Uh, I've had a lot of people test me, and um, I, I've never failed. I've, I've never, knock on wood, released any information and had a player or coach call me up and say, I told you you couldn't do that. Um, you know, and I've been beat on a gazillion stories, a gazillion, where I had it. Uh, in fact, my, our friend Jen knows because sometimes you just need to vent about it, and mm-hmm. I'll just text her. I'll be like, I had that. And she, she knows I do. And she's like, dude, it stinks. Why'd you hold? You go like, oh, I needed a second source or, right. you know, or he told me I couldn't put it out there because, you know, I put out something on that team the week before it would look too suspicious. Like, you know, and a, and a lot of organizations are looking at coaches' phones. A lot of them are. Um, so you have that element too. Of like, hey, I couldn't text you because, you know, the CEO here or the president of this team is looking at phones behind the scenes. Um so, you, you know, there's a, there's a lot of weird things that you have to deal with in terms of technology. So uh, I go old school and just try to call as much as I can. Well, I think when you call people, too, no one calls anymore. So you really feel that personal connection when you're chatting with someone on the phone. And they always tell you more. Yeah, you're right. Because you're talking. And also I can go, I can get, it's a much clearer of what can I go with, you know, right. versus sometimes text can, can be weird. Or um, one of my favorite stories is it it's actually also in Washington. This was right before uh, – this was when RG3 and Kirk Cousins uh, were competing for that starting spot. And all the talk was that Kirk Cousins was going to be the starter, which was just like the biggest news ever because RG3 was, you know, the messiah then. Right. Uh, at least he was coming off that year. And um, I had a few players. I said to them, I was like, listen, if you find out, can you just text me? And you're like, we're not going to be able to because we're going to find out in our team meeting. Like, I'm not going to have time to text you all that. So a few players that I was really tight with, I said, just send me an emoji. And the way it worked out was if the emoji was a black thumbs up, it was RG3. If the emoji was a white thumbs up, it was Kirk Cousins. So I had, like, all these emojis of, white, of like, white thumbs going up. Uh, and, and I got the story that way, which is so ridiculous and so, like, against probably old school journalism. But it's, sometimes that's the only way you can get the scoop. That's an iconic story. <laughs> that is so <laughs> great. And I've never told I just, that story. It's ridiculous. I love it. And I just imagine you making a tally, you know, as you're getting these thumbs up coming through. Oh, and they all came through within 30 seconds, too. I remember I was sitting, like, sounds kind of funny, but I was sitting Indian style on my bed, staring at my phone, waiting because I knew what time the team meeting was. <sighs> Uh, and the story goes, at the time, head coach Jay Gruden collected phones after the team meeting. So if he just did it right before, I would have never known. But he did it right after, and he made everyone put their phones in like a garbage bin uh, because he was so tired of leaks, which Jay Gruden and I to this day laugh about it. He, he actually knows the story. 
Uh, so maybe he'll. you can just send him thumbs up as a joke sometimes. Oh, my gosh. That's actually a great idea. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> okay. Well, I think part of the reason players trust you, Diana, is because you're an Italian girl from New Jersey. You're never going to snitch, right? I say that all the time. I always use that. I'm like, listen, I'm Italian. Like, we don't do that. Like, that's like the biggest thing you could possibly make is is to to turn someone in or put out information that isn't your own. Although I just snitched on everybody today on this podcast. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> um, but see, so I'm Italian too, and my mom is from New Jersey. So I kind of relate to you in that way. Like when you said you were pumping gas, the first thing I thought of, well, she's not in Jersey if she's pumping gas, you know, things like that. Exactly. So if you're an Italian girl from New Jersey, is this true? Can you cook? Are you an awesome cook? And if so, what's your dish? Yes. Uh, I'm an amazing cook. I tend not to brag about much, but I, you could ask anyone in my life and they will say, oh God, her cooking is a little ridiculous. I think of Giada. Like even sometimes when I cook, I wear a push-up bra because ever noticed Giada wears like push-up bras. Oh, absolutely. I want to be like the full character. Um, no, I, my father is actually an incredible, incredible cook. So I grew up with him being the the chef, so to speak in the household. Um, my mom wasn't some, wasn't into it as much. Um, so I learned from him, and then my younger sister is just this, like, very soothing, calm person and really just enjoys the process of cooking. Mm-hmm. And over the years, he just taught me, and I, I, I love it. I love it. I love putting on a podcast and, and, and you know, making a dish. Um, I'd say my, my, my best I, – I make a really good chicken parm. I make a good linguine and clams. Um, I do a good veal cutlet. Um, and then, you know, every Sunday I actually make a real like sauce or, you know, we call it a gravy, but we, I make like a real meat sauce. Um, you know, usually when I get home from a game, cause I usually tend to fly right back into town. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely part of who I am. And it was funny is where I grow up, you know, I've grown up in New Jersey. Everyone's Italian, so it's not a big deal. But when I go to other places, people think it's so exotic. Like, oh, you're Italian? I was like, yeah, what's the big deal? Like, aren't you? Like, everyone's Italian. Most people are like, no, not really. Uh, I lived in California for a while, and I remember, like, being in a bar with my friend, and a guy came up to me. He's like, oh, my God, you're Italian, aren't you? I was like, yeah. He's like, I want to marry one. Like, like, we're like some weird alien. Like, yeah, you don't have to look far. Just go to New Jersey. Go to Newark Airport for, like, 10 minutes. You'll pick up one. Yeah, go anywhere in New Jersey, turn the corner, and you'll bump into 10 Italian girls. You're good. (laughs) Right? It's, it's funny. We, we go down to the Jersey Shore. I know. Shocking. And it's like every girl looks the same. Every girl looks – it's funny. Even like my hair color right now is like a lot lighter because I'm so tired of having dark hair looking like everyone in town because I'm always in Jersey. I love Giada as well, by the way. And my – as we're heading into the holiday season, my go-to slam dunk party appetizer that I bring is Giada's pea pesto crostini. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to look that up after we, we get off here because – I need some ideas. That's that's the hardest thing about cooking is coming up with fresh ideas, which is why I like I literally will just Google Giada recipes and it'll just pop up and I'll just try everything. But that's a, that's a good one because it's it's hard to figure out what to bring to these holiday parties. I know. Okay, so you obviously have an insane Rolodex. You know a lot of people, but is PFT from Barstool maybe the most popular guy you have in your phone? Not even close. Really? Not even close. Like he is. It's funny. I had lunch with him in Manhattan yesterday. I, he's the only person that I will grab a drink with or a meal with and have more people come up to him. He gets recognized everywhere, everywhere, that it's almost annoying sometimes. Where, you know, and, and the people that 
Kebabs have, you know, they always want to talk to him. They always want to talk about Barstool. They want to talk about his podcast. They want to talk football. And it's just, it's such a process. But yeah, he is certainly one of the most popular people for sure, just in my life, which is crazy considering I'm in TV and, you know, I'm around people that are on television all the time. But I'll, you know, Cassie Harper's, you know, my best friend, like she and I will walk around New York. No one will say anything. But if PFT's with us, it's, it's, we can't go two feet. Yeah, the the cult and legend of of PMT has grown so much. I know when they came on and did the show with Rosillo, uh, Big Cat and PFT, it was a response like we had never gotten for anything. And here we are on a national sports network. We've done a lot of big stories, a lot of creative things, but infusing the show with those guys was a reaction like I'd never seen before. It's it is an incredible gift that they have. Um, they're so entrenched in sports, but they keep it at such a great, likable, average show level. Uh, you know, and, and PFT is brilliant. He's the smartest person I know without does it, you know, nobody even touches him in that area. Um, but obviously, like his physical uh, makeup is also so interesting. Like he's been around my family and like my parents, like who the hell is in the kitchen? I was like, oh, that's PFT. You know, and then meanwhile, like my brother and brother-in-laws are like, oh, my God, PFT's in the house. You know, this is crazy. I brought him down to the Jersey Shore this summer, actually. Uh, just to experience it all, and we had to leave because every frat boy was just like, you know, kissing his face basically. Uh, but yeah, they're they're incredibly talented, and you know, there's a million reasons why it didn't work out with them joining ESPN. But uh, he and I talk all the time about ideas that we could have done, uh, and hopefully, maybe someday down the road, I would I would love to be able to work with him. Oh, that'd be a great collab. All right, Diana, I'm going to give you a list of young NFL quarterbacks, guys who still have questions surrounding them all the time. Which one of these players do you think will cement himself as one of the top-tier guys in the league? Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Marcus Mariota, Dak Prescott, or Deshaun Watson? Sam Darnold. And why? Sam Darnold, I think Sam Darnold is – we're watching him go through growing pains, like exactly what a rookie quarterback should be going through – but I think after this year, this rookie season, he's going to grow, and we're going to see probably of the guys you just named, I think that he'll have his best season next year. Uh, just from, from talking to those in the Jets organization about what Sam's so good at and how quickly he can pick up uh, on this offense, I just think once he gets the right players around him, and listen, you know, you always hear when you talk quarterbacks, the good quarterbacks go out there and, and are good, but the great ones make everyone around them great. Uh, I think Sam Darnold is going to have that ability and, and, and grow into that potential for sure. It was funny because when we, Tom, our producer here, and I were kind of talking about different quarterbacks, and we were looking at these young quarterbacks, and we're like, so many of them still have questions around them. Deshaun, Dak, Marcus Mariota. I feel like when Marcus Mariota plays, people, no matter what he does, still will say, is he good or not? I don't really know. I know he is so the question mark guy. I, I cover Nashville a lot, and I'm always like, I don't. Are, are you, you're good, right? Like, like is it just that idea that you're good? You know, and then whenever I talk to anyone from Tennessee, they tell me he's great. So, you know, and, and these aren't from these aren't people just telling me to like have me have the narrative out there. You know, these are guys that have played with him that are frustrated with him. <laughs> you know, those sort of like the guy can ball though. The guy can play. You know, I used to always say that about Sam Bradford. Um, Players just always say, if Sam Bradford's healthy, he's so good. And, you know, I, I don't know what happened. I just think he's just, ne- he's just never been 
uh, healthy wise, you know. Yeah, as someone that had a front row seat to that Sam Bradford experience, um, <laughs> he also was thrust into an impossible situation here in St. Louis. Absolutely no one could have thrived in that situation. It was, you know, a team that was actively trying to lose, first of all, so that they could leave the city. A new coach who wasn't that great. He had no offensive line, really bad drafts. He had no weapons. And then, of course, he gets injured and is trying to come back from that. Not to mention he has Josh McDaniels come in and who's trying to run these these systems and routes that he would run with Tom Brady with a way less talented personnel group. So I, I oh, always yeah. say the same thing about Sam Bradford, that he was never given a fair shake. Last summer, I was walking down Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, and you know how Fifth Avenue is. It's just packed, right? You can't even you can't even see cement because there's so many people. And I was like looking down at my phone, walking, going to meet somebody for lunch, and I looked up and I was like, Sam Bradford? That's so random. What is Sam Bradford doing in New York, you know? And it was him. And it turned out he was going to a doctor's appointment. He was thinking, like, you know, surgery number 875. Oh my I remember God. texting Schefter. I was like, dude, I just ran into Sam Bradford in the city. Should I, like, report that? He's like, no. <laughs> because then what's the story? Sam Bradford having another surgery shocker, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah, Oh, big story. And actually, it's funny. Ian Rapport wound up putting it out there. It was like, Sam Bradford met with medical doctors in Manhattan today to take a second look. You know what I mean? And it sounded so formal. It was like, I knew that too. I actually physically saw the guy. It's just a picture. Uh, you should have. You should have taken a selfie with him. That would have ab- scooped everybody. Oh, my God. That, um, oh, right? That's the way to do it. Okay, last one for you, Diana. If Diana Rossini was a cocktail, what would she be? Ooh. All right, so my, my, it, my first thought right away was a dirty martini because I feel like dirty martinis are those things that you only order – when you're like, all right, let's just get after it. Or let's have like a really good talk. You know, like those are the only times I've ever ordered one myself and and I've seen my friends do it. It's always like a special occasion. Uh, I'm not saying I'm special. I'm saying I just feel like you don't want to be around me all the time, but I'm really good at small little samples here and there. So I think I'd be a perfect little dirty martini for you for, for the time that you, you want to have a good time. That's great. I don't know why that popped in my head, but this morning I was driving in and I was just thinking about this interview and about you. And I was like, you know what Diana Rossini is? Is She's like a jalapeno watermelon margarita. There's a little <laughs> spice, a little sweet. It looks really fun, but it gets the job done. I love that. I am going to put that in my Twitter bio. You should. You are the jalapeno <laughs> watermelon margarita of the sports world. <laughs> that is perfect. That's how I'm going to start uh, braiding myself uh, come, you know, for next season. That's exactly how I hope Sam Ponder throws out to me in the field on the NFL countdown. It's kind of a mouthful, <laughs> though, so we might have to shorten it a little bit. But, it gets, you know, it's effective. Um, it works. I well, like it. Diana, you're the absolute best. It was so fun to catch up with you. Thank you so much. And, you know, best of luck as you continue to sit on all these stories throughout the NFL season that you can contain yourself and not be able to tweet them out. Oh, for sure. And one day I will take Tom Brady's phone and see what he's actually looking at. And uh, I won't report it, but I'll let you know. You should go through and start liking some random things and have everyone buzzing. <laughs> that would be a great idea. Like, I hate Bill Belichick. You know, like, like, like. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Thanks, Diana. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Tom, how fun is Diana receding? She's the best. That So I know I said on Twitter that DK was my favorite podcast that we've done, and I guess that still holds because it that weave, meaning me, through to you, but that was definitely the best interview that you've had, like, without, without question. She's fantastic. She's so warm and smart and engaging. I mean, if I had info about myself, I would give it to her, absolutely. Yeah, and she was giving you exclusive nuggets. I mean, that thumbs-up story is ridiculous. It's hilarious. That's an amazing story. I can't believe she's never told that before.
I know. I'm surprised. I always don't believe her. I want to Google search it. Well, when you think about it, though, her job is normally not to say how she got the info. Yeah, it's true. It's just to give the info. True. You know, it's never like she says, oh, hey, Kirk Cousins is going to get the start. And then the follow-up is, how'd you get it? They're like, oh, okay, well, let's talk true. about his performance, why he's going to get the nod over RG3. Mm-hmm. I'm sure her peers know that story then. She's definitely, she. we can't be the first people she's ever told that story to because that is, I, I wouldn't be able to keep that one in. Well, That's she says amazing. that Jay Gruden knew. There you go. That's true. And that was a good suggestion by you. Maybe just send him a thumbs up every now and then. Yeah. Keep, keep the contact hot. Okay, well, now it's time for the call to action. If you enjoyed the Diana Rossini interview as much as Tommy Freeze Pops did, head to Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to Small Talk. Rate it, preferably five stars, unlike my mom who gave us one star on accident. <laughs> <laughs> and leave a review like this guy who says, not Ryan Rossillo. That's his title. Um, he says, yes, five stars. If you liked the Ryan Rossillo show on ESPN, you'll love this. All of the great person starring Michelle, and then he put in quote, smoke show, small man. Hot. I don't know. He said small man or small mun. It's small mun for those wondering. Like, M-O-N. Like Jamaican mon. Um, he says IDK. Steve with the good hair, Saruti, and Tommy freeze pops or just freeze pops, LOL. And then he says, love it, guys. Keep going. Thanks, man. <laughs> that, that's great. Not Ryan Rossillo. <laughs> and we know it's definitely not Ryan Rossillo that wrote that. Absolutely Usually you not. do that as a joke, if then you actually are the person. But yeah, that definitely wasn't him. No, if it was Rossillo, I think he'd come up with an interesting alias. <laughs> anyway, but be like not Ryan Rossillo and head to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. So thanks again to Diana Rossini. Thank you to Tommy Freeze Pops. And thank you for listening. And until next week, good night, Boston. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.